0: Hello and welcome to Midnight Show. I'm Nash, that's Luke, and this week the random movie we watched at midnight was John Carpenter's The Thing. Was it worth it? That's what we're here to tell you, and don't worry, we will notify you before we start spoiling. Luke? Nashy boy, you know, dude... (laughs) I like dogs. I'm a dog lover. After, <laughs> this, movie,
1: yeah, after this movie, <laughs> never fin. trusting a husky again. Anytime no. I'm in the same room with a husky, I'm looking at him with a bit of a weird eye. I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I need to heat
0: your blood up. All right.
1: <laughs> Yo, so we got the thing this week, dude. John Carpenter's the thing. Um, in fact, for this is a specific. remake of a 1950s movie, but we'll get into that for a minute. So. Uh, oh my god, will we ever. Bro, so um, I knew about this movie back in high school. Um, but that was back when, like, I didn't really, like, know why I liked movies. Actually, I'd say I knew about it probably even earlier than high school, probably in, like, middle school. And back then, I just liked it because I was into, like, crazy special effects and, like, being the kid who watched the gore stuff. So I could be like, wow, that movie was crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's some epic-ish dude. (laughs) Yeah, so, so,
1: so, so I watched it back then and I always knew I liked it, but I hadn't watched it in a long time. Especially since I kind of gained a better understanding for storytelling and stuff, so... I felt like when we were re-watching it the other night, it was actually, like, kind of like the first time I watched it. I knew what was going to happen, but I forgot, like, a ton of stuff that happened. I
0: forgot who, yeah. the, who the actual thing was. I didn't trust anybody, dude.
1: It was a really good viewing experience, definitely.
0: Yeah, for me, I discover it in, like, the classic dad movie fashion. Classic. It's like you're, you're not doing anything... You walk by, and your dad's watching this movie, and he's just like, oh, this movie's incredible. It was was a great movie. like, okay, (laughs) I'll watch it. So I had seen, like, parts of the middle and the very end, and so I didn't... I knew the concept of the movie, but I didn't really know... Anything major that really happened into it, and you, so, you were you were eight years
1: old, and you and you wet the bed for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest,
0: I don't even know if I saw the monster the first time I saw it at all. Oh, I I, I didn't remember. I didn't have like distinct memories of it, any sort of nostalgia. So <laughs> I don't even know like how little of the movie I, I already watched. I just knew the ending of it, which is kind of a bummer because the ending is really good. Yeah, bet yeah, Yeah, I not but, uh, yeah, this movie, wow, what a movie. <laughs> Who we got in this movie, Luke? How about um, that? How about we take Well, yo, so back? if I'm not
1: mistaken, there's 12 people at the American Research Facility. We didn't do the world yet. We'll do the cast first. But I wanted to establish that because I put down all 12 names because Kurt Russell's definitely the star, but I felt like all of them were kind of equal in the movie. I felt like nobody really stood out um ...over anybody else except for Kurt Russell because he was the star. So uh, let's get into it. I'm about to rail off like 12 names to people, so please don't turn this off. (laughs) We got (laughs) Kurt Kurt Russell as as McCready. Weird name. We got Wilford Brimley as Dr. Blair. T.K. Carter as Niles. David Clennon as uh, Palmer. Keith David as Childs. Richard Dysart as Dr. Copper. Charles Hallahan as Vance Norris. Peter Maloney as George Bennings. Richard Masseur as Clark... Donald Moffat is Gary, or uh, you might also know him as the dude with the weird eyebrows. And Joel Polis is Fuchs, and then Thomas G. Waits as Windows, and then I can't forget Jed the Puppy.
0: Yeah, what you were telling me—that uh, this this dog had its own IMDb. Like, dude, you know, it, it so. was it was
1: the star of a movie called like White Fang from 1991. So we might have to do it and just follow this little puppy's career. And let's, let's 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 do a special on all of Jed's movies. <laughs>
0: Jed the Pup <laughs> So for this um, movie The director um, I didn't know a lot about him Before we started this movie But then once you saw the list of all the movies he's directed It's like holy crap This guy was doing some big stuff here So it's John Carpenter um, you've, If you've seen the movie Halloween He directed it If you've seen Escape from New York or LA He directed it Big Trouble in China, guess what? He directed it. He and, directed and it. I'd also like to mention he
1: did like the first like two Halloweens and not like Halloween H two O. So it's a big, 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 <laughs> big difference. Yeah, big yeah. difference.
0: Yeah. So he's all. This is a director that's very familiar with horror. Um, very familiar. A with mogul of the horror
1: industry. I would say. I would say a lot of people would say that he is one of the most inspirational people well not inspirational but he inspired a ton of horror fans like back in the he day
0: definitely was defining of the genre yeah facts um, that was the word i was looking for and i after watching this movie i would say in its purest form mm.
1: <laughs> so like lay the world down on us so we are located at an american manned research facility in antarctica A group of hot-headed men um, are isolated in the farthest reaches of the Earth. We are in the middle of nowhere, people. You cannot get Denny's at 2 in the morning. (laughs) They're (laughs) they're
0: on a research mission,
1: and um, it soon goes awry after a foreign helicopter lands at their base as they're trying to shoot a Siberian husky. The first scene of the movie, and it's really weird, and it pulls you in. And, of course, things are not as they seem as the men soon realize how hopeless
0: the situation truly is. Oh yeah, oh, that was a perfect description of the setting. Luke. Thank you, oh, thank snaps, you. Snaps to Luke. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> you, So the trailer. Like <laughs> <laughs> the trailer for yeah, this I movie. Hate you Shut so the hell much. up! I'm talking now. So the trailer for this movie. Um, honestly, probably one of, if not the best, trailer that we've come across doing this show. I would. Ag- uh, I, I would
1: agree with that. Yeah.
0: It isn't revealing, and literally, there are specific edits they make to the shots in the trailer so it's not that revealing to the audience. You walk into this movie knowing the basic premises we've set it and that's it. Mm. And I couldn't think of anything better. They don't you have no idea what the scenes are, how you're going to get there. It isn't just the biggest scenes in the movie, it's a mix of just everything and it's it's definitely intriguing too. It doesn't deter in its primary objective at all. Yo, it doesn't reveal anything at all either.
1: 100% what I found really interesting about it was that um one of the last scenes in the movie, not to spoil anything, but like the floor starts exploding as the thing is running towards Kurt Russell and that scene like isn't really the craziest part of the movie, but because that scene shows you so little, it's like one of the staples of the trailer. So I thought it was really funny after like just yeah. having you watch it
0: and I was like, "Oh, they just used that cuz people are going to be like, what is breaking up the floor?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. It pulls you in, and you don't see a thing, and that is just when I need to silence my phone. A great trailer, <laughs> all in all. <laughs> so, motifs. Um, or themis or, or themes. themes.
1: Or, or themes. Um, I'm gonna go, <laughs> first one, distrust. Distrust and paranoia definitely drive Ooh. all of the characters, because... Uh, how are you not going to not trust everybody when you don't even know what's going on? And then, you know, kind of a, a light motif, if you will, about what does it mean to be human, Nash?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, thanks, Luke, for that casual <laughs> transition there. No, exactly, I think I think that is a great example, and especially not e- not even just off of the major point of like, okay, this thing can, you know, I don't want to be revealing, but this thing can do certain things, so it's like defining what is a human, but it's also sort of how people react to, like, that's a big sort of definition to it, because you've got all different types of people, and once we get to the spoil section, I'm going to love to talk more, but as of right now, great motifs, great It, it it really is just all the way through a good movie talking about humanity. (laughs) <laughs> yo yo definitely um so I, you usually oh, ask the oh. thumbs up but i'm, I'm cutting off Th- big boy i'm cutting I you know, off i know I know.
1: well you don't generally like horror movies dude it's not your go-to genre so is this a thumbs up horror movie for
0: you Th- i this is crazy thumbs up without a doubt thumbs i up, honestly dude. i this movie is beyond worth a watch um absolutely incredible And I I definitely will say it's my favorite horror movie I've ever seen. Oh, wow, dude. That is a statement right there. I like it. Sit down, (laughs) reanimator. Well, because most horror movies, especially nowadays, you get like, uh, uh, it's like jump scares. Mm in A lot of them. And jump scares have never gotten to me i just been like, oh, crazy. Whoa. Boogity, I remember, boogity, boogity. have you ever seen The Grudge? Oh, yeah, 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 I have watched that movie and laughed through every single second <laughs> of it because it's when that little boy's in the closet, he's just like, no, nah. I've never laughed harder in my life.
1: It's <laughs> I mean, not a bad movie. You got, you got it's a just a point, you got a point.
0: It's not a bad movie. It's just I'm a bad horror movie viewer, so you don't want <laughs> me there. Okay. Okay. So now that we've given you a taste of the movie, we really don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it. You're a little late because it was released in like 1982. So if you haven't already, like and subscribe to our channel. Pause this video so you can check this one out for yourself because you will not be displeased unless you like dogs yeah yo not PETA approved if you got a girlfriend
1: who is a hardcore dog lover don't it's this is not your friday night wine night
0: movie. no 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 okay. no so let's get into it okay man so uh
1: first shot of the movie first shot of the movie is of course a homage to what they're actually remaking and you know i don't love the first shot because it's the spaceship that the alien thing comes on and it crashes on Earth and what I don't love about this is that the thing itself seems to be a parasite type monster that like wouldn't really be able to create a spaceship type thing you know like they're not like really intellectual aliens so maybe another alien ship got taken over by the thing and then it like took over the crew and crash landed on Earth but anyway that's that's all irrelevant so this first shot is the spaceship flying through space and it crashes on earth and like that's really probably the cheesiest part of the entire movie and i think it's really just in
0: there to pay homage to what they are remaking um i really think it's funny how the scene with the most cgi in it you don't like i think that's yo i think that really speaks to sort of what has come out of this movie in other movies. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: No, definitely, definitely. So, um, do you want to kind of discuss the 1951 movie? Do you know too much about it? I personally haven't seen
0: it. I haven't seen it. I don't know too much, but we looked into it, and it's pretty much accepted as one of, like, the first Alien movies. Um, it came out 1951, so that was right around sort of the Roswell incident. as has been come to know, as known, known to... Roswell, New Mexico, Aliens, (laughs) that thing. That's one around when this movie came out. And, uh, you know, are aliens real? Who knows? Was it a weather balloon? Probably not, but who knows? (laughs) Different (laughs) podcast. Different (laughs) (laughs) podcast. Yeah, different podcast. We'd love to have you on anyway. Um, So it is the movie nowadays, the thing, the 19, is it 82 or 86? 82. 82. 82. 1982 version has... It's revered as one of the best movies nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of is the quintessential movie we look for on here because upon its release, it was a box flop. It, n- all the reviews trashed it. Um, but it was pretty revolutionary in its own right. And so it's kind of good to see that now people have sort of that cult following has sort of pushed it into, like, it is one of the standards when you talk about horror movies.
1: Yo, 100%, 100% and um, kind of when we were researching all of the um, reviews and everything, it's pretty obvious that the reason a lot of people didn't like this movie was because the effects were so over-the-top, in-your-face, graphic, and honestly just disgusting, straight up. Disgusting in a good way if you're into that stuff, but just straight up, like, not pleasant. So in a world like we're talking 40 years ago where movies hadn't really made that jump yet, like, if you watch Halloween, that movie is not... Like, it's violent, he's killing people, but it's not ridiculously bloody. Nobody's getting their arms chopped off, like, blood spewing everywhere. So, the fact that it was 1982, I can totally see why a ton of people were like, who allowed this abomination to be made? And then, as more stuff like it gets made, it becomes more accepted by people. And now we're all desensitized to this stuff anyway, so.
0: Yeah, and that's a big thing to mention, just the time period. This is sort of referred to as, like, the first graphic horror movie where you really saw all the blood and all the bones and all the you know innards of people Mm -hmm. it didn't didn't shy away from that which makes sense when you're dealing with an alien that changes you know form it isn't like a cute little animation where it just sort of glows and now it's different (laughs) no you are straight up seeing the tissue and the bone and the skin all just being mangled together into something different literally Satan yeah, and L- it really the it, devil. <laughs> it really maybe the point you made is the best way to put it where we're sort of desensitized to that type of thing now because I, you know, there aren't a lot of horror movies that don't have somebody's like organs getting pulled out or something like that. Yeah. But it wasn't distracting at for all for me as no. an audience member. Yeah.
1: No, definitely not. Um but Again, we're definitely prepared for it, you know? It's like, um, you know, Houston actually made that point last week about Akira, where if you're not keen on anime, then that movie might take you by surprise. I feel like this is the same idea where, like, if you like horror movies, but you weren't expecting just gruesome blood being splattered all over the wall while people's heads are contwistulating and whatnot, like, you're going to be like, what the heck did I just watch? So, yo, dude, can I read you this this review, this quick review, actually? I thought it was so
0: funny. I'd love to hear a review from this Yeah, you know, this,
1: this guy, this guy. John Carpenter's The Thing is a foolish, depressing, overproduced movie that makes his horror with science fiction to make something that is fun as neither one thing or the other. Weird sentence. Sometimes... It looks as if it is inspired to be the quintessential moron movie of the 80s, a virtually storyless feature composed of lots of laboratory-conducted special effects with the actors used merely as props to be hacked, slashed, disemboweled, and decapitated, finally to be eaten and then regurgitated as, guess what, more laboratory-concocted special effects. There may be a metaphor in all this, but I doubt it. I think that... jackass. Yeah, right, dude. You shouldn't be a movie reviewer if you couldn't see the uh, metaphor in it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, that was... That's another thing, a big thing to mention, is the overall movie effects in this. Like, if you go back and watch a movie, because, you know, a lot of the movies, probably more than half the movies we've watched have been, like, older movies. They're, you know, before the 2000s, even. And it's pretty, like you're pretty aware of when you see bad CGI or special effects. It just sort of like, it pulls you out of the movie and you're like, wow, that's mm-hmm. not real. And this being 1982 released, being the first movie to ever be so graphic and extreme in how violent it is. Not there was one moment, there was one moment where I was like, ah, oh, that's fake. But the whole movie, it's sort of like, this isn't this isn't pulling me away from what I'm watching it's still interesting it's still crazy it was that one scene where Windows is getting bit by the thing oh yeah like that scene sh- was, it's like that all part right was okay. A ridiculous okay that's a that's like a dummy that's just clearly his legs are made of feathers but <laughs> <laughs> other than that the special effects hold up to this day in this in this movie and I think that is probably the most astonishing fact about it. I mean, maybe, you know, you're different when you watch movies and it pulled you out. But (laughs) No, dude, I I, I
1: totally (laughs) agree. And the uniqueness of the alien is what really makes it such a crazy movie. So, like, let's go back to the 1951 one quickly. That's, like, just a person being an alien walking up and, like, trying to fight people just because it was way back in the day. So, like... I feel like a lot of people don't know that this movie is actually a remake because John Carpenter spinned the alien to be its like own special kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you like... Oh, yeah. Does, does that like bother you at all? Do you think that like the thing should have been like it was in the 1951 one? Or do you like that John Carpenter kind of made it his own thing?
0: No, see, I really appreciate... Honestly, this is... When you remake a movie, this is the way I, I appreciate and value it. Because... A lot of remakes nowadays, it's just like, they'll slap on um, a crummy Hollywood love story that we've all seen a million times that nobody ever liked. Literally nobody ever liked it, but it's going to be in there anyway. They'll get like three A-list actors in it, and then that's the remake for it. This one, it's totally different ideas, it's different concepts. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so entertaining and so worthwhile. I have to turn off my magic robot back here.
1: Yeah, dang, dude, you got a lot of background noise today, bro. Maybe it's maybe maybe it's the thing creeping no, up on you. Am I even talking to he, you right now?
0: Are you even you? He came back on. <laughs> Alright, he died. But what? Yeah, what I was saying because you see, uh, gosh, what's that movie with Nicolas Cage where it's like Drive Fast, where he just has to steal those cars? Oh, I uh, I don't know. Next, maybe. That's not next. I swear <laughs> to God, it's it's a racing movie. But anyway, the original, <laughs> which a lot of a lot of people don't even know nowadays, the <laughs> Need for Speed, the original was was happened in the seventies. That movie is like an hour and a half long. The first twenty minutes of it, you get people talking. The rest of the movie is straight up a car chase, and it's one of the most badass movies I've ever seen. But then you go to the Nicholas modern remake, Nicholas Cage version, it's just like crummy story. Bad acting. Here you go. <laughs> and it makes and it makes you it makes you really dissatisfied with watching that type of thing. That's why I despise remakes generally. But here is probably the most perfect case of it. They took a yeah. the concept, they redefined it, and applied it in a similar scenario. It's kind of like uh, God. I brag go off on hours about this subject, but okay, you like Red Dead, right? Of course. Okay, so. Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Um, the first one. Revolver well, okay. or Redemption? No, Redemption. Red okay. Dead Redemption. Okay. That one. Owned by Rockstar, right? Mm-hmm. But you brought up the exact point that I'm trying to make. The first one was Red Dead Revolver. Totally different studio that owned it.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Red,
0: Red Dead Redemption is what you define as a spiritual successor. where Or, or a remake. But it's not... It's kind of like a. It's kind of like how these two things are remakes, where they have the same general concept, mm-hmm. but things are different. Most of the things are vastly different. The same, similar general concept holding it all together, but everything else is sort of different. You can't place when it happened in the timeline of either of those movies. You you don't really know exactly, or just you shouldn't do it because they can't coexist in the same universe. It's definitely not a sequel or a prequel it's the same concept reapplied and reimagined and that's how I think remake should be if you're going for this boring dull remake I, I hate you you're, you're the you're a villain cash cow baby exactly give me that money for the nostalgia points no precisely and that's kind of sort of the commonality in Hollywood is the type of movies you see that's like here we've got a director that Never really liked Hollywood doing it and doing it right, and it really shows for it.
1: Yeah, no, and it, it's it. Can you tell me a single remake that people don't even recognize that it's a remake? You know what I mean? Like, if there's a remake, people are like, just watch the original. This is not the case. Like, this is the original. In fact, there's a 2011 The Thing that I haven't seen that I probably won't see in any seriousness because I just, like, don't really care. But, um, <laughs> like, you, you, you know what I mean? Like, the, 2011 is a remake of a remake, you know? And people yeah. don't, like, it's, I feel like it's, it's not even that, like, well-known that it was a movie. So... Yeah, it's just, it's crazy, man. It's, it's, it's really crazy that you can just take an idea that already existed, was really good, was really loved, and make it your own. And I wish that, like, back then people respected it when it came out because it low-key, like, kind of halted John Carpenter's career for a little bit. Yeah, um, and,
0: and this movie really, it pays homage to the short story it was based off of. Yeah. And so that's kind, of, that's kind of the craziest thing to me is, like, I didn't even know there was a short story until we started looking into this movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know there was a movie in 1951. I didn't even know there was a prequel f- made in 2011. I didn't even know there was a second version of the prequel made by the Studio Effects group that was dissatisfied with the prequel's release. But <laughs> So now we've got like five different forms of media all telling the same story. Yeah, no, for sure. And so uh let's
1: like what let's get into the actual story. I feel like we haven't dug into the actual story, so No, we
0: haven't it anyway. <laughs> great
1: it's a great first ten minutes. Who the fuck throws a grenade at a dog?
0: I remember I remember yeah, we were watching this. We were Straight up back and forth, just like who the hell would do this to kill a dog? Like, what? Like, just come on, dude! Chugging a grenade this, at it, dude! Those crazy Germans just trying to kill the dog. <laughs> They're Norwegian. They're Norwegian. <laughs> I thought they were German at the beginning because they were. Because <laughs> <laughs> who? What other? What other Nordic people are shooting at dogs Yo. and throwing grenades at it? Okay, so I'm sorry, I judged the book by so those first 10 minutes.
1: Bit. Why are you trying to kill a dog? What could this possibly be up to? And um, it really just reinforces this idea of isolation and desolation and being in the middle of nowhere. And like Kurt Russell's character is really bored playing chess with the computer, one of the best scenes, and honestly, is when he just like dumps the
0: drink into it because he's mad at it. That was that made me my pants with laughter. So funny. We're gonna have to bleep it out. Can you bleep it out with the oh, yeah. sound from
1: this movie? Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> Um yo so yeah dude really gripping 10 minutes a lot of the movies that we like are the ones that grip you in those first 10 15 minutes this one definitely does cuz like in a- you're in Antarctica eh, what are you going to give me like 15 minutes of filler of them doing research on snow I don't
0: care about that show me them trying to shoot a dog and give me a ton of questions <laughs> right and, you know there's a you know there's a doctor there and that's fine with you that's Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then,
1: so, um, long long story short, explosion, blah, 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 and what I really liked was one of those first scenes when Kurt Russell dons the massive hat and gets in the helicopter and flies to the Norwegian facility base, and that scene is really well made, dude. The backlight coming from the destroyed, um, wall, the frozen blood on the guy in the, uh, chair, like, the ominous giant ice thing that clearly something escaped out of, of. Like, um... It builds it really well. Sorry, I paused there for a second, but you know what? You you know what I mean? Just another classic. Fifteen minutes pulled me in. How am I gonna shut this off after seeing this?
0: No, because that that's a very good point. Just because I had sort of seen the ending to this movie, so I'm sort of I was more watching the beginning half with a lot of more diligence than I usually do when I'm just like watching a movie, uh, casually, <laughs> and. Quite literally, you see sort of the exact things that happened in the Norwegian camp with how things, like, are left there. You see the exact same type of things happen in the American camp. You see that door in the axe. There must be probably two scenes where they have to axe down a door to get into it Mm -hmm. to check if somebody's there or not. They end up blowing up the whole camp, and that's exactly what happened to most of the Norwegian base. There's only, like, one actual building left, one or two actual buildings left. Yeah. And, you know, you see the burnt bodies outside, which happens countless times. And so I really liked that sort of, uh, oh my gosh, what's the foreshadowing? That's the word. I love the foreshadowing of that. It's brilliant execution in the, the first quarter of the movie. Absolutely incredible
1: yeah no dude 100 that was the next point i wanted to bring up was just because after that scene with kurt russell with the big hat you're looking at that husky because you know something is up with that dude and they come back and like everybody's freaking out and well not freaking out quite yet the dog turns into the spawn of satan literally dude bro after <laughs> after see that dog turn into a steaming pile of mess they're all way too calm way no, too calm yeah they're all uh, <laughs> the paranoia escalates for hey, sure hey get the flamethrower <laughs> yeah get the flamethrower right now dude so um but like from the dog exploding until i'd say the part where the head turns into the spider i'd say that section of the movie is my favorite because that's when you're really questioning who is the thing who can yeah. we trust is are all of them the thing is Kurt Russell the only one we can trust there's a wicked freaky scene where the dude has the really long hand and then he
0: oh yeah yeah when he does the the scream of terror but even in that moment there isn't that that part or is that it might be in the second half where kurt russell sort of goes outside then comes back right i would consider that more in the second half but yeah i think that's before um the part i
1: was talking about
0: but that even that scene it's just like okay here's the main character that we're all following here's a superstar in the movie and it's like now do I even trust him you follow yeah. him you know you follow him for the rest of the movie so you sort of know he's he's got to be like a human but that that even that slight moment causes doubt for the audience you're literally questioning who is legitimate and who is not mm-hmm. um,
1: and at, at that point all the characters are broken as well you know none of them trust anybody
0: yeah and I, I don't know if you remember this but when we were watching that and uh, the doc the doc whatever his name is starts breaking up all the communication parts, and I was like, this is the smartest thing that happens in the whole movie. Yo, yeah, 100%. hundred percent. After I said that, I started to wonder, is this even the smartest thing that happens in the movie? Because I, as long as that parasite's been there, the doc could have already been infected. Yeah. He could have just been trying to isolate those people. Yeah. Right. You never, you never really know. I don't think there's an absolute answer. No matter how, no matter how many times you rewatch it, it makes sense for us knowing at the end that like, okay, you know, you want to have as few people as possible so it can't spread, but also, isolating those people would give you a guaranteed way to spread it even more.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And that idea is really just what drives the freaky tone and the feeling of isolation is that it's literally just these guys. And it's it's 12, like, angry men, too. It's not the movie 12 Angry Men. There's no joke. (laughs) But, like... You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like they could have done, done a dynamic where it was um, maybe, like, men who were a little less hot-tempered or men and women, but instead it was all a bunch of headstrong dudes who were able to just get in arguments with each other, and I felt like that did um, just, like, a really a really good job of establishing, like, who the characters are, what they do, and, like, this dynamic in the camp that makes you feel isolated and, like, what the hell is going on, dude?
0: Yeah, I think that's a really great point that they sort of... Uh, mentioned in the beginning where it's sort of like five minutes out here can make somebody crazy yeah it's like they're already under duress mm-hmm. and now you've got this absolutely insane circumstance um, another point I wanted to bring up off of what you said was how the person that first got infected because um, I I don't know if if I don't know if I said this to you or not um, but it's sort of, the first person that we absolutely know got infected um, was the guy in the sweater. I think his name was Blair.
1: Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it yeah. was.
0: It was Blair.
1: Honestly, he was one of the more um, not shown characters of all of them, too. Which I
0: exactly. Liked. Like the parasite didn't infect the leader. Yeah. It didn't infect the smartest. It didn't infect the strongest. It didn't infect you know the person that had the most access to the camp. It infected the meekest. Unsuspecting person mm-hmm. in the whole camp, and you want to talk about, you know, what is being human and all that? Wow, yeah, what a, de- what a delivery! That, yeah, the first person to go is the weakest guy, and we wouldn't even know it, yeah, we, we wouldn't, wouldn't even, even acknowledge him. him. <laughs> it kind of shows the intelligence of this thing, and I that's what a really brilliant thing about this movie. It's like it seems like a wild animal. Almost every time we see it, you know, when they fight it. Yeah. But it's all those times we don't see it. It's all the times they talk about it where you really sort of... Understand how kind of smart this thing is.
1: That's a really good point. That I, um, I, I kind of made that tried to make that point with the spaceship in the beginning. How I didn't feel like it was a type of creature that could create like space travel per se. Oh yeah. But the fact that like it's again another movie where you don't know how smart a character is. You don't know how smart this thing is. Is it just a parasite that just goes like a let's say an insect per se? Because insects' brains aren't really big enough to like be conscious they're just kind of going and whatever happens happens or is this thing the next level of life that knows how to take over an entire planet you know
0: yeah and it's just i because the thing about the spaceship is i would kind of agree with you because at that point in the movie you're just kind of like is this thing smart enough to do that yeah. Hey. Hey, what wait, wait, wait. This thing built a spaceship? Was building a spaceship? Mm-hmm. Hey.
1: Yeah, in fact even when it um when it inflects infects um Blair, I think, um, that's when Kurt Russell says he put it together piece by piece. How 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 else do you put it together, Kurt? <laughs> <laughs>
0: But that oh, on, that, that part, guy. too, the thing
1: is building its own spaceship. So I guess I take back my point that I said. That was kind of a dumb point. I apologize to the masses. But
0: No, I um, think it, I think it's a fair point to make because it illustrates just how much we don't know and even they don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and that point I made about duress, it's kind of a good uh, excuse as to why... Because if you watch this movie, I assume you've already watched it. I'm sure while you're watching you're like, oh, why don't you just do this to determine who's the alien? Why don't you just do this and this? They should have just done that. That duress point is kind of the excuse because they're already in a not comfortable situation. You can already see how some people are at odds with the other mm-hmm. just on their day-to-day interactions. So introducing that, and the guy in charge is the alcoholic who doesn't sleep, Odds are, it's not going to be too you know, happy-go-lucky, easy times in the camp. It's going to be pretty aggressive and pretty stressful. <laughs> yeah, yes,
1: yeah, yes. Yeah. Stressful is the phenomenal word, dude. I cannot imagine being in Antarctica. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Uh, ice samples, yeah! <laughs> Santa, Santa's not him. even here. I want to go to the North Pole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad joke.
1: That was a bad joke. I'm sorry. But, dude... Just a good a good horror movie, a horror movie that pulls you in, gives you enough questions and when it wants to, to deliver, it delivers bro.
0: Yeah, it, it, this movie knows exactly what it's doing. Um, what was the director's name? John Coppenda He does an incredible job. every shot is valuable. Um, but if you're watching it for the first time, I wouldn't try to be so detailed when you watch it. be so critical. I would just watch it like you would any movie um, because it really is satisfying. And there are about a million U- uh, YouTube videos that you can watch about. that go into the intricate details so you know exactly who, what, and when, and where things happened. Um, we didn't want to do that because there are already too many of them.
1: Yeah. No, this is also a movie that's been reviewed a ton of times on the internet. So I kind of hope that we gave some new perspectives on why we like it. If you're this is a movie that you love and you've seen a ton of people talk on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. We don't want to try to steal from anybody else, but, you but know, there are a lot of yeah. good things that people don't say about this movie, especially from just the storytelling mechanic. Yeah,
1: um, well, yo, Bri- I know, I know, we're we're um, we usually try to wrap up by this time but do you want to kind of talk about that storyline and how it's really subtle but it's there like that quote I read earlier the dude had the dude said a virtually storyless feature I disagree with that I think it's a phenomenal story like this is a this is a story that I aspire to write a story in an isolated place where you don't know what's gonna happen there's an actual scary monster going on like you can say okay this isn't the Shawshank Redemption it's not three hours of character development but in terms of in terms of a story like the way it sets itself up shooting the dog the way the dog explodes into Satan and you're like what the what the hell was that dude and then yeah. right away you're like this thing can imitate anybody I don't trust anybody in this movie like how are you going to tell me that that is virtually not a story you know what I mean like that's, that's a
0: cool story dude like t- <laughs> alright well we're definitely going to have to edit that part out <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> well, cause it really does, um, it's on a, on the surface level, definitely is like an action horror movie, but not even that far deep into the, like in, in, looking at it, it really is a contemplation of sort of your own humanity as an individual. Cause we have people react in all different types of ways. You know, some yes. people want to leave. We have a guy that literally we assume kills himself. So the thing wouldn't get to him.
1: Yeah, burns himself alive too, dude. The do-
0: the doctor, depending on how you view it, he supposedly goes crazy or is infected. Like mm-hmm. you've got a lot of different reactions from all these different people that are already in a very aggressive situation. And that's just that's beautiful character that's beautiful character writing. It's not character development, because in this movie, the characters are already developed. You get a little glimpse into how each of them are to understand who th- who they are going forward, and that's it. Mm-hmm. They're all. It's all just about this singular instance. What is going on between these people? It is about how they change, or maybe it is because that's what the alien does. <laughs> but it really <laughs> just is about watching them react to this situation. The guy that's in charge quits. Yeah. The guy that's second in command can't do it. And he's the one who's infected, Mm. isn't that bananas to think about? That this alien could have had the whole camp in his pocket, but Mm -hmm. he didn't because he knew to hide away. I that's I'm sorry, just brilliant writing. Yeah, very well written. Yeah, like you're you're, to hell. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're not going
1: to tell me that's not a story, dude. Like, (laughs) oh God, this is why this is why we do this podcast. This is why we
0: do it, baby. This is why why we do it, ladies and gents. Yeah. So um, I guess let's uh, sort of run through our ranking system, or sort of our, yeah, it's our ranking system. Yeah, ranking system. So what type of movie? I would say it's an action horror. Definitely. Um, yeah. Right. Because it, you know, there's yeah. a lot of explosions and there, some horror there, movies. yeah,
1: there's, there's enough action that I wouldn't classify it as strictly a horror movie.
0: Yeah. Um, would you recommend this movie to your friends? Definitely. Yeah. Five out of five on Friends. Would you recommend it to your family? Uh, not my mom, but <laughs> like, uh, my brothers like this movie. <laughs> not, not the dog lovers. If anybody dog in your, lovers fa- if your family. family watches horror movies regularly or you know does that kind of thing, definitely suggest it. It's a, Oh, my God. Is it a cult classic? Facts. Yeah. yeah. Definition one. It is. Of one it is box office flop when it was released and that's the small following of people that liked it and recognized it kept it going for long enough for bigger audiences like uh luke and myself to watch (laughs) it again um is it a cinephiles must
1: yeah definitely it's it's defining of the horror genre i would say it's a
0: defining movie of the horror genre I would say too and not just the horror genre like you don't even have to stop there with it it's the the practical effects mm-hmm. are absolutely incredible the writing is phenomenal even if the, even if you wanted to just make it a drama mm-hmm. it would still be good you just see you would just see the thing a lot less but definitely it's ranking up pretty high on all of our levels of uh, rating mm-hmm
1: yeah no big facts and you know Ben, I don't even I don't even want to know who the thing is at the end you know you can go on YouTube find a ton of videos people explaining who the thing is at, at the end I don't even want to know that's not the point of the movie
0: yeah it really isn't it's just you're just watching these people go batshit yeah or and bat, it's bat. Yeah. Ah. yeah this is this is a really good one dude I couldn't agree more so who did the beats and stuff
1: Schwartz, he did all of it this week. He did the beginning, he did the end. If you like Schwartz, uh all right,
0: good. He's cool. <laughs> Shout out to Aaron on the beat. Um, right. I should I always want to be the hype guy in rap music videos. <laughs> the guy um, with the
1: tambourine.
0: Hell yeah, give me that tambourine. Tambourine yeah. goes for your girlfriend. We all know that. All right. <laughs> So, please be sure... I still have from the office. That's not a direct quote. Don't cancel me. Please be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. Follow us on Instagram to stay in the loop for upcoming episodes and to help us determine the movies we watch and future content that we can bring to you. Be sure to check us out on AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com and remember, your donations keep my blue light on. See you next week as we yell about the one, the only, Jeremiah Johnson.
1: Nash, uh... We're a
0: thousand hours from nowhere. Maybe you are in... <laughs> New Hampshire! <laughs> the bellows of New Hampshire!
1: <laughs> Yo, we'll, we'll see y'all next week. It's going to be a good movie. <laughs>